Okay. Who kicks right. it off? I'll kick it off. All right, guys, welcome back to the Fitness and Philosophy Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing meaning and fitness. How are things going for you, James? Things are going well, and uh, things are going well. Um, what's happening at this current time? Are we not supposed to mention like current times? I feel it's like a podcast rule. Like, don't talk about the like the current date because people are going to listen to this in advance. And but then it's kind of futuristic, right? It's kind of like yeah. stuff that's gone on that we can predict that maybe is going to happen for it. So that's kind of cool. But where are we at the end of January? I just turned forty-eight last week. Happy birthday! Yeah, forty-eight uh, revolutions around the sun. Um. Going at high speed on this land, thanks to gravity. Thank you, gravity. (laughs) And damn you, entropy. (laughs) Keep resisting. Keep pushing against. Fighting back. Yeah, so I'm doing good. I reflected on that over this past week, but it culminates in my answer. Things are great. How about you? Overall, pretty good. Yeah, it's been really cold out here, but it's uh, sunny. So when it's sunny, I like that. We've got it. I was thinking as you were saying that, by the way, that uh, I don't know if this has changed since we last spoke about it, but I feel like it's it's my duty as someone who knows you and someone who knows that you love uh, movies like Heat and The Godfather that we we can't have you get to fifty without seeing The, the Sopranos. Like we got we got to <laughs> okay. get you to see The Sopranos. Okay. Like it it has to happen. Okay. Um, yeah, it's going to happen in my bathroom, I think, because. Uh... Uh, the uh, entertainment selected for our household generally has to go through four eyes. So gotcha. um, it'll be a, uh, it'll be in the, but I got a timeline. I got two years to kind of pump it together. Yeah. Do you and your wife ever watch TV shows together without your kids or. Oh, that's all we do. Oh, okay. But, but I'm you just saying that she, she, she would be it. down with Sopranos. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Maybe we can do like a, you know, maybe a split screen. She's watching something I'm watching something on my phone or something. Maybe we can, I don't know. We'll figure something out, but yeah. Yeah. I'm currently at the uh, conundrum of um, trying as, as, uh, as much as possible to align Leanne and I on some things that are not too stimulating, but are motivating for the time we spend together in the evening. We have a classic wind down hour, hour and a half period together. We sit together on the couch. Uh, she lies down on my lap. I rub her hair, rub her back. And we're both watching something at the same time. That's our ritual. It's been a ritual almost our entire life when the kids got old enough, et cetera. But that's our nighttime ritual. And um, I've been trying, trying to find things that I, I love watching. Cause it is a you know, it's period of time in your day, you know, that, uh, you don't want to be like freaked out. <laughs> um, but uh, I love learning things. I still love learning things. At the end of the day, I still love learning things. So I'm trying to coordinate that with Leanne's thoughts too. It's a it's a good challenge, but it's good. That's what we're so I'm currently up to for that. Have you guys ever seen or heard of the great courses? You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Um, yes. It's which is now Wonderia or Wondrium, right? Yeah. So they went through kind of a weird thing. I mean, the, the oh. reason I know about it is because my mom, like back when they were like DVDs and like tapes, she owns like 80% of their catalog. She's yeah. awesome. super into it. Um, pretty cool. she, she got me into it too. But like, so there's one thing now that's like 
they were initially going to be like just streaming. There was like the Great Courses Plus, which I believe is now Wondrium. That's its own mm. like subscription thing. But there's still like the Great Courses where you can buy like a la carte courses okay. and stuff like that. But okay. Yeah, they really do a. I mean, again, there's stuff on iTunes and, you know, Stanford and what have you, but I feel like compared to most other things I've seen, they do a really good job for tailoring stuff for just people who just like want to continuously learn in a way in which, yeah, you can watch Feynman's lectures on quantum mechanics, but like, you know what I mean? There's only so much any of us are doing that here during the day, Robbie. (laughs) I'm not doing that at home at night. Right. Um, But like they do a really good job of just like, educated person here kind of the relevant bits and making it entertaining and um so yeah okay well i'll check it and uh as i'm looking at it you know i always tell everyone who wants to recommend like like carl always recommending stuff to me and now he just knows before he even tells me it's like before you make mention of something you want me to watch put your glasses on that say would the four eyes wish to watch this that's before the recommendation comes out I don't know what Leanne's, uh, I don't know if it's science or philosophy or religion or she, I don't know what. It'd be none of those. Okay. Yeah. There's art, there's music, there's cooking, but yeah. Yeah, there might be those, but this is the scene I'm saying. It's like, we gotta, we gotta find a blend. Gotcha. Um, Yeah. But I appreciate that. Uh, That's not even our sponsor. No, our sponsor is Broccoli. Or is it Yeah, our sponsor is Broccoli. Well, we have a new sponsor today. It's called um, Knowledge. That's the sponsor. Let me speak a little bit about it. Um, it is our. It has always been our intentions. Correct me if I'm wrong, Robbie, but it's always been our intentions for you and I to really just get pleasure out of discussing these things back and forth. That's our deepest intentions. <laughs> Let's be honest. It's like we, you know, uh, I put on the the I guess look, you know, a hat, stereotypical hat of fitness. And you put on the stereotypical hat of philosophy and we each have little hats as well that we wear, but that was our goal. We both were like, Hey, I like talking about this. You're like, Hey, I like talking about this. Let's come together and talk about these things together. That was our deepest intentions. And then we're in 2022. So, you know, you got to have a podcast beyond, you know, just wanted to talk about that because that's what you do today. Right. And so uh, here we are uh, uh, having that. And uh, we have uh you know, a, uh, a huge list of uh, emails and a big CRM program and a, you know, voracious business process behind this. Um, and we have, you know, a big marketing program, uh, et cetera. And what I'm just saying is that, that we want to, we want to grow beyond the, uh, the viewership. And uh, before anyone like freaks out here is like, oh, here we go with the uh, advertising spiel <laughs> where I'm going to take I'm going to take athletic greens and stretch it out to 90 seconds. And talk about <laughs> no, I want to, I want, uh, we want to do this. What did I, what did I call it? Like a, uh, a ground up, you know, a base, a organic growth of uh, this knowledge, right. And these ideas. So I would, I would ask uh, anyone listening in um, and here's the tools that you could do to grow our, grow us outside of our current audience. And that is for if you find some of these things interesting, like you may find meaning, um, deeply meaningful for you today um, and meaning in fitness. Um, yeah, if you enjoy that, you know, what you can do is currently at this right, mo- right this, this moment, uh, just share this episode uh, with someone else, another coach, another person, 
um, another group of individuals where you could perhaps, you know, have a conversation or a further conversation that's outside of this podcast, the podcast itself, meaning and fitness could act as a base support, but it allows everyone to get in the room and discuss what your thoughts on that. Maybe you'll all read a Kierkegaard book or something. Maybe it'll all come down to, you know, something as interesting in that, but um, that is, I, uh, that's what we're at. That's our ask. And that's my ask right there with the sponsor being knowledge. Um, that's our ask is uh, to, to try to build this with other like-minded individuals and share this information uh, for the real reason that it's just uh, it's a great way to open lines of communication and discuss these things of fitness and philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, we don't have a gigantic uh, CRM or marketing enterprise. We don't have the uh, the email series and the lead giveaways and stuff like that, but it's just something we intrinsically enjoy. And I feel like there are a lot of people who, you know, from people who I've mentioned it to who have since gone on to listen to be like, oh, I didn't even realize that existed. Oh yeah, I really like that episode. And um, so, yeah, just trying to get it out there to people who would be interested, who may not, who may not know. And there's a lot of, I think deep and cool connections here that, you know, when people first think of fitness and philosophy, they're like, huh, how are those two together? But I mm-hmm. think we found that there are definitely some cool connections between the two. So, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that addition uh, on the intentions. Cause uh, I was, uh, I mentioned, I don't have the Rolodex here um, and I don't have the greatest memory to, to, to knock them off, but um, I refer a lot of coaches after OPEX gyms calls or CCP, you know, uh, where they ask a particular question, right? It could be something on, um, you know, it could be something like today where, you know, it does get, it does come up. It's, it's like, James, take a second to contemplate and give us the meaning of life. You know, some simple ones, right? Um, and, you know, I, I come up with my, you know, which I'll talk about today, how I've been, you know, just growing over time to try to figure out and at least uh, play with that question. You know, I, I tell them back, like, here's some reading on it. And in go to this podcast, because we do discuss some things that are just underneath that, that could, that could help you out. So um, I'm just making mention of that to show that uh, there are some, there are some good things in there that uh, could be beneficial to people. If you're in that world of fitness and fitness coaching, et cetera, where you're going to need to know how to have these conversation pieces with individuals on these particular topics, you're going to have to have some and as I said before, even if we're not the experts on it, at least we like broached the topic. Like we, we kind of brought it up and discussed it. You know, we discussed tradition, you know, in fitness, uh, it wasn't at length, but it could be a starting point for you if you're a coach. Yeah, absolutely. And I think just, you know, some of the stuff that you've talked about in particular, like just taking a 30,000 foot view of like where fitness fits into one's life. I mean, particularly with today's episode, like, is it just a flourish? Is it just like a you can do it. You can not do it. Does it, does it add meaning to one's life? Does it have anything to do with um, meaning in one's life? And, you know, going beyond this notion of like, you know, weekly food journal review, weekly updated fitness programming, like uh, those are all great and awesome, but just this deeper, further 30,000 foot view of like, what's, what are we even doing here? Like what, what's, what's the point of this in, in one's life and where does this, um, fit in and does it have something substantive to maybe add to the meaning of one's life or perhaps not. Yep. Yep. But at least we're asking the questions. Yeah. That's the, 
you know? And that, that's the philosophical dilemma. <laughs> that is. And is it yeah. worthwhile even asking the questions? That's right. Well, we think it is. <laughs> we do. And I mean, boy, today is, uh, I mean, if you want to talk about philosophical questions, this is, this is up there. Yeah, I mean, as I was thinking about that too, Robbie, before we get started, particularly on the meaning of it, I'll kick you off after this to, to maybe start us on that. It's, uh, we keep saying this, I mean, but I think, I don't know if it's different. I mean, that may be a whole podcast in general, a meta style version of like, well, what's the, <laughs> what's the most important topics inside of the fitness and philosophy podcast topics, you know? Because <laughs> we said this numerous times on other areas. I know morality and versus that one, we were like, well, I mean, you know, how to tackle this one. Um, and so I just want to make mention that I'm going to put a death to that thought <laughs> and Stop recognize, right yeah, <laughs> let's do it right now. Something across the screen. Um, just because they, it's, it's, you know, it's impossible for us to, uh, to cover that. And, um, and I don't need to keep telling myself that it's a, it's a huge topic um, because I think we do a great job of what our jobs are, which is just, just to, just to bring it into existence with the concept of it and how it relates to fitness and then just start this, just start this process. So, and I know you say that in different words, but we don't mean to find answers to that big conundrum, right? We're just basically starting the process. So that's what I'm going to do. and change my language from here forward say something like this, Robbie. Yeah, this is big. And it's going to be great when we kind of continue to uh, build this whole big question on it, like meaning in fitness part 17 or something, you know, I think that'll be, then, then we can say, you know, that was really big <laughs> and important, <laughs> you know, I like it. I like it. I mean, these are all getting... that takes pressure off us to answer people's life's life's uh, yes. queries today. Yes, that's true. And I feel like even in, yeah. I mean, I'm so used to it in philosophy grad courses where even if it's a course, they're like, well, this could be an entire degree. And yeah. So I, 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 I take your meaning there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, on that note, um, this doesn't mean that we don't take it seriously as well. Right. We're not, uh, cause that is, especially in today's day and age, I don't want to send it in with that tone, but um, well, maybe that's a, that's a, that's an opinion, but I think uh I think, you know, currently it's, it's really interesting, the concept of meaning of life. I think it's, a, it's, it's really interesting. Um, I think even the question is, uh, is uh, you know, just seen very differently today as opposed to 50 years ago and a thousand years ago. And secondly, uh, meaning of fitness, I think is, I mean, it's at the heart of this very moment, you know, like it's, it is important. So I'd want to, I wanted to finish with that too. Not to say that, of course, I'm not going to answer all the big questions, but it's an important topic. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. agree. All right. I guess let's, to, go with uh, the, let's go with some meanings and then see how philosophy blends in and eventually, uh, eventually land on answering everyone's questions of the meaning we're going to answer today no. <laughs> <laughs> just to keep you going yeah so uh by uncertainty we don't always do things in couplets but i thought one couplet that we could do here that would be potentially interesting there's a movement in philosophy 
that was pretty prominent starting roughly in the mid 1800s going up to roughly the mid 1900s called existentialism and it did a lot to kind of bring this notion of meaning and purpose and what is the meaning of life back into the forefront of philosophy but it also dealt with issues like absurdity nihilism folly things like that which we've discussed in various ways so i figured next time that could be or somewhere down the line that could be one we could discuss so yeah today we're going to start off with 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 meaning um so obviously when we talk about meaning in terms of the definition we're asking like what is meant by a word a text a concept or an action um you know, we're asking things like, what do we mean by this word? But if you apply that very same idea to the concept of life, you get the philosophical thrust of what we're talking about. So what is the meaning of life? Is there such a thing? Is life essentially meaningless? Two uh, other questions you could have there would be, can there be individualized and localized meanings to life without there being a capital M meaning? Another one that I just thought of, as you were mentioning, um, what you were saying earlier is one, one of the central part projects of philosophy is redefining these things over time. Like, you know, uh, art was never a Campbell soup can and then it was. So, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. um, there weren't drones, you know, 200 years ago. What are the ethics of that? Do you know what I mean? So in every age and era, like re-asking this question. So yeah. it may not be that what Socrates answer to the question was, or Aristotle's, you know, maybe it has a, uh, a nugget of what applies to us today, but then there's kind of like, well, we're in this time too. So how timeless is it? How timely is it? Is there a balance between the two, that, those type questions? So. Yeah. So, yeah. So said in a different way, uh, I have two questions there. Yeah. Uh, you're just saying that you know, you got to look around and look at current culture and the current times and just just ensure you're phrasing that that question based upon the current times or just be aware of that. Right. Yeah. And that one of the projects of philosophy is in every age and era trying to make sense of things in light of new circumstances like evolutionary biology wasn't something anyone had to contend with for most of human history in terms of intellectually, how do we fit into the world? Right. Or, or, you know, do no harm with the Hippocratic oath. Well, what is that today with all these different technologies? So there's, it's just, it's trying to say um, that one question you could ask there is, is there a permanent universal across times, places, capital M meaning of life, or is there something that can perhaps shift depending on time, place, era, things like that? Yes. Yep. Um, and secondly, I noticed within some of the language there, uh, maybe speak about uh, where um, other pieces of language can get like mumbled with regards to meaning and how it could, how meaning can mean something different if it's said a different way. And, but people are probably, they could be using a different word like purpose or reason or something else, but they're, they're either, and you can take it whatever way you want, but they're not landing on the true definition of meaning. They're just using another word or maybe how these synonyms, it it depends upon the context of what you're discussing for meaning. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, some potential synonyms here are things like value, significance, purpose, purpose, substance. Um, and yeah, it, it, um, because purpose is, I mean, purpose hits home for the fitness coach. That's why I was asking. Yeah. It's like, 
you know, we talk about that all, all the time for, especially behavior, right. Lifestyle behavior stuff and, uh, and doing what you're doing. And, and also if you step outside the gym and you just, you know, listening, listening to anyone today, speaking about, you know, just uh, living, living a life, you know, and what do you do living a life? You know, there's always purpose that's embedded inside of that. And people have their own ideas as to what is called a, uh, I'm sure there's, you know, 1600 uh, answers on Amazon. If you're like books on purpose of life, you know, or <laughs> just whatever, whatever phrases you would use, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's lots of conversation outside of uh, this on that particular word. Uh, whereas um, I would say and this is only from my lens in just more recent readings in multiple different ways. Um, I've been looking at um, just trying to classify the stuff that I'm interested in and curiosity around the big human thing. And uh, I classify them in, in origin, uh, meaning morality and hope. And then that doesn't mean nothing can be classified in there, but in the meaning one, I'm just finding it a little more difficult uh, to actually see that in written print where people, you know, are really going after answering that question. It's always a roundabout way of saying that, oh, then you might land on meaning if you get to this. So that's why I was asking the question okay. of synonyms for meaning and how people can get tripped up on different other terms, but it's, it's not going after the same thing that we're discussing. Gotcha. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I think one thing that sometimes comes up in these conversations is, and we've talked about this a little bit before, humans are the meaning or significant makers, significance makers, right? Like we are the ones that like look for ends or purposes or goals, or um, we, we imbue things with meaning like NFTs and blockchain and you know, silly mm -hmm. things like that, art and money. Um, but, you know, very famous question that you could ask here is like, is this just our need for there to be an end or a purpose to something run amok, right? Like the purpose of a clock is to tell time. The purpose of a heart is to pump blood. And like we, we, we interpret, you know, different things in terms of purposes. And now we apply that same question to life as a whole. And is that just a category error? Yeah. Yeah. You know, is that just us looking, trying to apply this way of um, looking at the world to something where it just doesn't apply? Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I think we, you might get to this when you go down the, the notes here and, and talk about who has proposed different concepts of meaning. I think yeah. that's where people will come to some like, oh, interesting. I didn't know that I was actually just creating this whole purpose to this thing. And it's quite possible there may not be. And I'm not afraid to dip in the waters when I figure out there may not be that much purpose, you know. So I think, but this, this is the good part about the practice. Um, how about uh, do, um, you know, do spiders have meaning? Or do dolphins have meaning? I mean, are, are we into, is that what you just mentioned there earlier around humans coming up with the concept? And, uh, and is it possible that, you know, other living things may not have that ability, like theory of mind concept or like the distinguishing factors between, uh, you know, conscious and sentient things? So are you, just to clarify, are you asking, do would, would any other, any other living organism come up with the concept of meaning besides almost? Oh, it, I, I, I don't see conceptually why not. I don't see conceptually why it's not possible. I don't know that anyone, I don't know that that fact obtains among the ones that we currently know of, hmm. but it, it, it's certainly conceptually pot. I mean, if we can do it and we're sophisticated, you know, primates yeah. of one sort or another, then yeah. presumably it's conceptually possible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
with time. <laughs> yeah, with time. I mean, hey, maybe we get uh, and a shit ton of convergence and adaptation. <laughs> you know, maybe if we put a Neuralink into Flipper, um, you know, it'll be reading reading Plato. Hey, maybe Meta will bring it all together. Yeah, maybe. In our lifetime, we'll see it. Maybe they'll communicate. Yeah. Besides those noises, they'll just be like, "Yeah, those noises. That's not us communicating. We're just fucking with you." Yeah, <laughs> we're just joking. Just stupid noises. And that right? and that goes back to exactly the point: is humans always look for meaning and significance and patterns, and sometimes there isn't. There we go. There we go. Sometimes it is just you know. Yeah. Noise signifying nothing. What's the meaning of meta? The question you should be asking is, <laughs> why are you asking about the meaning of meta? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So in terms of meaning and its connection to philosophy, um, it's, it's, it's something that has been a significant question in philosophy for a long time. Um, at its outset, you know, when you think of Socrates and Plato and or at least what we classically call the beginning of philosophy, this definitely was a question. And there have definitely been different philosophers throughout history, like Aristotle and Aquinas and Kant, all of whom have given their views on what meaning of life might be. So, you know, for Aristotle, it's, um, you know, a life in accordance with uh, virtue or rational action in accordance with virtue and human function. And for Aquinas, it's the beatific vision. And for Kant, it's the highest good. Um, Can you explain beatific briefly or or, uh, do we want to pull aside a dictionary thesaurus here to get more deeply into it? So I'm going to make sure I get it exactly right here. So yeah, thanks. But I mean, I know it's just a word that I tripped on when I was looking through the notes on it. Because I haven't read much. Uh, So it has to do with God. So beatific vision, the immediate knowledge of God, which the angelic spirits and souls of the just enjoy in heaven. Okay. Is called vision to distinguish it from the immediate knowledge of God, which the human mind may attain in the present life. And since in beholding God face to face, the created intelligence finds perfect happiness, the vision is termed beatific. Mm. So Aquinas definitely has kind of an Aristotelian flavor to him as well, but obviously there's going to be the religious element as well. For those old listeners of a higher order thinking language, it's just interesting that, uh, um, cause some people who were on the, who did big dogs way back in the day, always wondered why we had function being will as, um, as groupings. Um, and ironically, it, it looks like it, there's historical reference to those, you know, big, you know, overlapping areas. Kant may be in the, would you say is in the, the will area or asking, you know, oh, yeah. Yeah. right. And, uh, kind of sounds like it's in the being area and Aristotle would be function. So it's just interesting that those kind of, uh, are the three dimensions of human nature. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I, I didn't initially think of that connection. That's really interesting. Yeah. But thanks for explaining that. Cause I, uh, also, uh, why I just wrote down there, why do you think, is it just because of what you said earlier that humans just come up with this? Um, we just want to make things significant um why do you think because you said it you know it has been a significant question in philosophy in philosophy um why do you think it's been a significant question i know i'm throwing a softball possibly but um 
I think for at least a couple reasons. I think one reason is just the very nature of humans, meaning like, I think we've all in one way or another asked this question at some point. And then why philosophy specifically? Well, philosophy is the endeavor that's probably most broadly concerned with questions like what is the nature of this thing or what is the purpose of this thing? And when you apply that to life, you get that question out that you wouldn't get from math. Or that you wouldn't yeah. Get from yeah. Yeah. I think there, uh, there are probably words in different language that came up when, you know, just over time, uh, the question was always asked probably in a different way, but you, the way I describe it is you're kind of just like, uh, it's not at one point in time, but you kind of just take a second one day, you know, and you, and you look out there and go, wow, there's a whole bunch of other people with a whole bunch of different ways of seeing this thing, you know, and then you just start at mumbling these questions. These thoughts go around in your head of like, why? Yeah. <laughs> why that? Where did that come from? Why is that the way it is? You know? And I think all that culminates in the concept of a, uh, of meaning behind it. It's the why, why, why all the way down. Yeah. 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 I mean, to go back to your question earlier, I mean, you know, since other animals don't really have, I mean, there's debates about whether gorillas and bees and other things like that have language. And if they do, can they communicate it to us? But we just don't know if they're asking this question. We don't know if this is like, did we get this to better navigate, you know, locomotion and finding food and like asking these why questions and, we just like that has a localized use that is then just extended out to these deeper things that don't actually have significance or, or is there deeper significance there? Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then Kant with the highest good. So for Aristotle, the life of virtue is intrinsically linked with happiness. It wouldn't even make sense for there to be a virtuous life that doesn't have happiness for Kant. The highest good is, um, when happiness is uh, allotted in accordance with virtue. So for Kant, it's entirely possible. Uh, and in fact, perhaps likely that you could be fully virtuous without being happy in this life. And he thinks the being that is able to unite those two is God. So he, you know, says that God can unite those two. Mm -hmm. Um, but in some corners of philosophy, I'd say, especially after what's called the early modern period. So that's Descartes, Spinoza, Leibniz, Hume, Locke, Berkeley, 1600s, 1700s, where philosophy is a lot more concerned with like science and math and different things like that. There was the sense potentially that, you know, philosophy had focused too much on knowledge acquisitions and science and rationality and had forgotten about, um, the meaning of life. So you have, People and you know if I had to pick two, you know their debates about whether these are the right people or not and how significant or not. But if I had to pick two fathers of existentialism, one for more the religious side and one for the other side, we'd have Kierkegaard on the one hand and then Nietzsche on the other for more of the atheistic tradition and existentialism. But um, a lot of what unites the existentialists is this notion of like going beyond rationality that, 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 you know, there are elements that of life that are absurd, that, that don't make sense. Um, and that if life is to have a purpose or a meeting. So for example, for Kierkegaard, um, you know, true faith is, is precisely such because it's absurd. Like, you know, there's irrational bad, but then there's irrational good. Uh, they're quite literally going beyond, uh, going beyond reason. 
Um, and then, you know, Nietzsche takes a metaphorical hammer to uh, a lot of concepts within Kant and reason, science, and systematicity. So um, different things that existentialists are concerned with are things like despair, dread, authenticity in life, existence, the absurd, and then opposition to the notion that life is essentially um, rational. I'm just trying to figure like, what, what is it that you know this is all about? So a famous example that um, people might oh, be familiar with. Oh, when sorry, was, Kierke when uh, was uh, Kierkegaard's timeline of uh, so life? I, it, so definitely mid 1800s. I believe okay. 40 years. I think he lived about 40 years. I want to say it's right after Hegel. I think it's like 18. Oh gosh, I'm going to say this and it'll be wrong, but 1830. Yeah, check it out. And as you're looking for that, uh, I have a... Uh, subsequent next question on it for just a shot at what you think their perception would be uh, for how people observe the meaning of life question today. You know, you know, if they were just plopped into 2022 um, and ambivalent to all the other, you know, like car autonomous driving vehicles <laughs> and an iPhone, <laughs> uh, you know, and they were just in a room and just talking with other people, right? Philosophizing on these things. What's your shot in the dark thought that, or have you, have you had any that contemplation at how they would see the, the question being asked today? Intensely shallow, intensely shallow. Although that, that does remind me one thing I should mention, just in case people are interested in reading up on this. And there, there's a very good free um, meaning of life article in the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy that you can just Google meaning of life, Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. Okay. And the person who wrote the article talks about how, you know, this was like a backwater of philosophy. Like no one, no one talked about this for a very long time in, in, right. in the 20th century. And then in the past 10 to 20 years, it really has kind of mm. come back. So I, I still think to answer your question, I still think Nietzsche and Kierkegaard would be like, come on guys, like step your game up. But, yeah. uh, but yeah, it, it's starting to come back a bit. Okay, cool. So, yeah. I was always, uh, I'm always fascinated with that. I forget the movie that it was, it was set in Paris. Um, gosh. And uh, they went back in time and they were like hanging out with all these like great minds and like local at the time these local oh, i just found that what was that i are you talking about the one where uh midnight in paris was it midnight in paris yeah like luke wilson or something yeah yeah the authors yeah yeah frick i, I really love that i love i love you know just the concept you know of you know um that just sits really that's just in my bones to you know i don't know why but i'm super curious about that um which always makes me seep into that weird uh incarnate reincarnation you know where from when from whence i came uh question because there's something that pulls me to that particular time period and that kind of style and and thinking and and growth and etc so anyways uh i just thought about that you know if they were to come to those times and and robbie guston was to go back and be like these are the things we're thinking about in the future <laughs> what they're like, okay, sign wow. out capsule. All right, that's it. You Ooh. think that's a problem? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay, we were wrong. Nothing's going to improve. Um, yeah, my, no, but my kettlebell didn't show up for Christmas on time. <laughs> what? Oh, it's a big conundrum. You know, it's a big conundrum. Some real problems. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So Kierkegaard, yeah, I, I was right. So it's 1813 and then he was, he, he lived till 42 um, mm-hmm. and he was Danish. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, going back to what you were saying, you know, we've, we've talked about different things that can help in sort of broader, broadening conceptual horizons, travel being one, reading being another, but, you know, the thought experiment, like you were saying of like existing in different times, so much of how we view things is dependent on where we live and the time. So like, yeah, you know, I'd be willing to bet greater than 50% of how we perceive the world would have been entirely different for, you know, Nietzsche or Kierkegaard. Yeah. What does that do to your perspective? Yeah. Yeah. I use that a lot for my teaching um, in multiple concepts of uh, just thinking about time and it indirectly, I think just makes the, the, not to, not to take a postmodernist view of it. Right. It's, it's just, just to take a concept of like, just, just take a second to think about the historical context and how people thought about these things differently and how these ideas get like whispered over a thousand years into this area, you know, and how that changes and how the current culture, you got to be aware of that. It just makes people become more empathetic. That's what I think it does on the back and the back end. Yeah. yeah. Just different perspectives. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So what brings significance to life? Um, you know, this is part of what we're asking here. And one thing that they discuss in the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy that I thought was helpful is this is distinct from happiness or rightness to say that life has a meaning doesn't necessarily mean to say that you're happy or that you're right. It's not to say that you lived a virtuous or moral life. Um, it's something over and beyond that relating to value or purpose or substance. Now, again, it's still the open question, what is that or what could that even be? But some helpful contrast cases that philosophers have thought about, or at least that they think are contrast cases would be you know, the myth of Sisyphus, right? Just pushing a boulder up a hill only for it to come back down. Um, perhaps this is your view of fitness today. <laughs> you know, that's why I was smirking if you're yeah, just listening yeah, to this. Yeah. Um, you know, is there meaning in that? Is there significance in that? And then another one would be, you know, brain in a vat scenarios or the more popular context that people would understand as matrix, you know, this idea that you're in a, um, the metaverse or, or something resembling it, but that's not, it's not real anymore. Um, and then there are things that people think might contribute to actual anti-meaning, meaning like you could, if there is meaning to life, you could actually lessen it or take it to a negative value. So gratuitous cruelty or destructiveness. Mm. Um, and then as far as candidates for meaning, again, we could debate whether these are right or wrong, but a compelling life story, transcending one's animal nature. And that's an interesting one in philosophy of like, well, a lot of philosophers have said that's what we should be doing, but may- maybe not. Maybe maybe our animal or, ra- or you know, natural nature is a, is a huge part of who we are. Um, making a noteworthy impact and what does that mean in the context of eternity? Uh, having a higher order purpose, you know, going to the notion of higher order. So mm-hmm. is there. Yeah, gosh, I, uh, uh, it's probably, we can't take a pause right here, which I'd like to do uh, for like 30 minutes on that one. Cause I wasn't ready for how I think about that one. Cause that's, uh, um, that's really interesting. Um, the, it just makes me think about how, how probably correct me if I'm wrong, maybe over time, um, you know, there, there wasn't, uh, there was lots of thoughts around what those could be as 
as possible meanings. But now, would you say that in current times, there's just a lot of ways that that could be? Um, there's more ways. Do you think there's more ways today uh, as possibilities? Like keep go go way back and then keep yeah. working your way up. You know, um, even and and presume, of course, the questions were asked around the campfire. Uh, I I one hundred percent think there are more ways that are thought of as possibilities like more conceptual things. Yeah, I just want to make sure, you know, uh, it's not saying, you know, we're a consensus on that, but um, I just, uh, I think inside of that, it, um, you can get a couple of things happening, just like in any L systems. If you have a whole lot of choices, it could make it, it can make it chaotic and, and uncomfortable and uncertain, right? Um, it doesn't mean that it may not also lead to new methods of finding meaning, but um, I think it may uh, confuse confuse a lot of people. Um, yeah, just think you mean, of what, you mean it would be confusing kind of which ones, of, when, which ones of those would count or which ones of those would be candidates for the meaning of life? Yeah, yeah, like, and, and they're, they're, you know, just, I was just thinking of the classic scenario without them putting language to it, but some would say there's so many versions of options. There's, there's so many, so many different, different points of view on what meaning could be. And they can't even suss out that they could all actually be just four options, actually, <laughs> just all name something differently. But it seems like there's like 40 versions of that, you know? Um, yeah. I think one, I think one, I could be wrong on this, but, but po just as a side note possibility where depending upon your age, and we have to take that into consideration too, right? How someone sees the world and the development of their brain and et cetera. But let's think of a young uh, individual who just finished some form of post-secondary education is coming out into the real world. And um, they, it, in currently 2022, and I said, as a, I'll preempt this by saying I could be completely wrong on this, but just comparing that timeline to 19, you know, 22, let's say, um, and the same style of thing happening, you know, I, I would wonder if uh, political identity is as important as a meaning, you know, as to like, as to how, like how it stacks up for people in that particular position today, you know what I'm saying? Like how much of it should be like social society says this should be like quite a bit of your, of your meaning, you know, that you put into life today. Um, I just thought about that. It just has an extract of like one particular idea, like political identity or um, et cetera. And uh, yeah, we, we should point out that your, uh, your old uh, high school friend has written a book on that, this, which is quite a good one uh, as her client on identity politics. And uh he does get into um, the whereabouts of uh, which this came, which would agree with my particular argument of like, it's seemingly today a really important thing that you have to like, uh, you know, lay your claim to this and here's the reasons why. But anyway, it's just a, just a, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of rummaging to do on my own for that one, you know, the, the options. Yeah, and I, uh, have you ever seen those videos on YouTube of like, it's, it's these like time-lapse charts of like, who is the most popular artist or the most popular like um, TV show? No, okay. no. I'll, I'll see if I can find one. But basically yeah. you get to see from like 1950 to 2010, like, oh, this was the most popular artist. And then it, you know, like, but it, it shifts very quickly because it's, it's a time-lapse in five to 10. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What does that have to do with what we're discussing? Well, so 
I think an interesting question within the you know topic of the meaning of life and what you were just bringing up is you can imagine on one end, you know, throughout ages and eras, which different things are associated with what is the meaning of life, politics, religion, morality, and it just shifting constantly. And then over here, uh, the reality, right? Like here's the shifting perception of it, yeah. but the shifting perception of it need not have anything to do with like the actual, mm-hmm. you know, did anything change at that ground level? Um, yeah. So. yeah. Oof. Uh, it, 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 it does make a lot of sense to me for, you know, when I look around and just see, you know, people, um, you know, thinking extremely differently about that particular question, right. Of the meaning of life and just asking like, well, why do you think extremely difficult differently on that? Not, not trying to come to a consensus to who's right on that, but just the extreme differences in that. Um, and it's not just two areas, but it's, it's, it's common today of like these, um, you know, what we would call maybe just in, in one light on, on top of that, uh, to your point. And I don't know if this breaks into, cause I wrote down the mind body area here, uh, the break on that, but I think you used, uh, nature as being like the, the something that we, that we have to contend with. Like I talk about a lot, right. We got to contend with that. It doesn't mean that, you know, we have to make some major conservative traditional kind of conceptual go to the go off into the forest and start making fires and build your family etc you know um but but that that's one that comes up uh in regards to this particular thing of and maybe i'm just kind of talking out loud to hear your thoughts on that is you know how much how much of that you know uh should be should be taken into consideration you know, and in your consideration, should you do this like mind body uh, balance aspect, you know, effect of it? Um, you know, the, because the idea of let's take it, you know, down to, down to something that I can speak about personally. And it doesn't mean that, you know, it would shift, but I, the way I say it is like when I was, when I was 23, uh, you know, the meaning of life uh, was, was probably in stark difference to uh, my current, you know, meaning of life after uh, a relationship, um, like a a deep personal relationship with another human, and then, and then creating two other humans, you know, and so in, in in that you see what you considered, I guess, you know, mind versus body, you can, you can, I'll, I'll explain that if I need to extract it out, but like the, the reproductive process or the, the natural act of reproduction and that human, yeah, um, and the material in that, um, it just, you know, again, taking the timeline of 23 and how old was I when we had, we had two or whatever it was, 36, you know, um, you know, saying it's like a stark difference, but I'm still the same person you know, saying the meaning of life is extremely different based upon that natural element. I call it a natural element just for uh, my own personal, uh, my own personal being. So lots in there. I don't know if you want to pull anything or add anything. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I had a couple of thoughts there. One is I think on the broader conversation of the meaning of life, and we'll get into this a little bit too, with like supernatural versus natural meanings of life. But I think for a long time in the history of philosophy and religion, there's this notion of like nature and the body being gross and like cast it off and like this mortal coil and um, 
there, there was a tradition of, you know, it, it being important, especially with the ancient Greeks, but then it kind of goes away for a bit. And then I feel like now it's kind of coming back. And so, um, you know, one way of viewing the meaning of life is something like, you know, cast off your desires, your biological being, you know, uh, that's just gross or evil or wrong or however you want to characterize it. And now I think, um, you know, especially more so today, not just with the health and fitness movements, but with other things, but living in accordance with nature and minimizing, you know, you know, wanting to see the world continue as much as possible without you, you know, uh, wrecking the environment and things like that, or just, just trying to live as much in accordance with nature, uh, as possible, like being fit, isn't a bad thing and eating foods that are natural for you. And, and things like that. So that's, that's kind of what I think of when I think of that. And then the second thing to your point about, you know, in your life, um, the meaning of life having changed. Um, I think one thing that you can always still pull out of that is maybe a constant that I, I think I probably tend to think is one of the better candidates for the meaning of life type stuff is that, you know, to thine own self be true. And that, that changes over time, right? That's going to change as you have kids. It's going to change as you um, have relationships and go through life. But that constant thing, and, and, that, and that will make meanings of life be localized and individualized, mm-hmm. not as what the meaning of life is for me is not going to be the meaning of life for, for mm-hmm. someone else. Um, yeah. So those are kind of the things I think of there. Yeah. And on the back end, you, you know, when time is over, you're probably still going to ask that question. Why does there have to be meaning to what was just done? <laughs> yeah. You know, like, do I have to, <laughs> right. I don't necessarily have to, but we're not going to disregard that question as being important, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's not, it's not just a, I don't think it's just an intellectual question. I think it, it really has, you know, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I certainly have. And I think others have too, like, it, it, it has negative consequences where people think, well, it, it has to have meaning. It has to have significance because otherwise what the hell am I doing? And, you know, so people, it, it, I mean, you want to talk about like existential dread, mm-hmm. like that's, that's where that can come from. And then one question we have to ask there is like, are we just making up a question that just makes us more nervous, but doesn't answer to anything? Yeah. Um, and yeah, especially when that meaning is attached to something that could be existential or could be futile. Right. And they don't just, just don't see it for whatever or whatever it, way it is, right? There's an agreement on it, by the way. It's not just something that I think it's, yes. <laughs> it's well agreed that that would be, you know, I think we'll, t- we're, I think we're going to touch that sooner than later, but uh, yeah, um, I, I'd want to say it in a different way too, where you were talking about, um, you know, it, you know, uh, the, uh, it was, uh, you didn't say sinful, but it was uh, just gross. And now today it's, you know, it's this way. Um, you know, it, it should make sense to us that, you know, tech, we'll call it technological adaptations, I think may have helped that, you know, going back on our other conversations before on, on that. So I think technological adaptations may have, may have uh, landed us at this point where it has allowed us the opportunity to investigate this whole, uh, you know, where does nature fit in? I think that, that's how I see it. Yeah. That's how I see it. Yeah, I think, I think so. And I think, you know, the discovery of evolutionary biology and that's pretty profoundly significant in, in, in terms of, we ask these questions of like, where are we going? Yeah. Where did we come from? Who yeah. are we? 
Yeah, because yeah. we're we're jamming on technological innovation like processed foods and satisfaction and pleasure of foods and like the web. But uh, but then time goes on and we're like, oh wow, we're getting really unhealthy and deconditioned. You know, see that's the that's the reflection that technologic technological adaptations have allowed us to do. I think is like it's going to be just this constant like questioning of of my my bone that I'm picking. Obviously, is the the importance and significance of physicality and the, and the, um, you know, how, how do we, how do we just keep people aware and sensitive to where they are physically um, and the significance of that as we go through these big technological adaptations, right? That's, that's my big bone. Yeah. And realizing that as we get more technologically advanced, how much of our biology and our nature are we losing and how important is that to us? So, yeah. So one last quick thing before we get to fitness and meaning. Um, when we talk about meaning, one helpful way to kind of break up meaning is in terms of supernatural meanings and natural meanings. Um, so I think for a lot of people, and I think what they both have in common is this notion of like something that outlasts you, something that goes beyond you, whether it's the kid, you know, your kids or like God or the soul or the good or the right or the the beautiful, something that extends beyond oneself, you know, this notion of like something greater than you. So for the supernatural view of meaning in life, life is meaningful insofar as there's some supernatural being or purpose in place. An extreme version of this would be if neither a God nor a soul exists, then life is just inherently meaningless, full stop. There's just, there we go. The jig is up. Um, a moderate supernaturalism is something like you could still have some meaning, but the ultimate meaning is going to be supernatural in one way or another. That's obviously in one way or another, whether it's the extreme version or the moderate version, that's generally the view of most religions. Yeah. Yeah. Or another. Uh-huh. Um, and that's, yeah, I mean, that, that is where it can get problematic. And I, I do think that's where it can cause these, um, issues around, you know, what is my life worth if it's not, you know, such and such, such and such with relation to the soul or God. Um, so an alternative there would be things like the natural view. So even if there's no supernatural realm, there can still be meaning. There are two views there. There's subjectivism and objectivism. So subjectivism is meaning in life varies from person to person. Um, this idea of being true to your most authentic nature, um, whoever you are. And then objectivism, where the idea is that meaning in life is going to consist in dedicating oneself to either one or multiple of things like the good, which would be morality or inquiry, which is the true and creativity, the beautiful. Um, But again, something that goes beyond oneself that extends beyond oneself. So those are all, you know, different candidates for. Yeah. I, I, uh, but which one's the right one, James? Yeah, I know. Geez, don't ask me that question. Um, but I, I kind of have, uh, and I mentioned from the out, out um, the start of it that I have, I have certainly come to my own better understanding um, of why, why people would attach to just meaning in in those those two differences. I have, I have learned. Um, through reading and listening and talking and being attentive and trying to understand people. Uh, Cause I ask that question a lot indirectly or directly all the time, right? What is the purpose of this thing or what's the purpose of what you're doing in this whole thing? Or have you asked the question of what this whole purpose would mean? 
And uh, I've just learned over time to, to just understand that, uh, to understand as well what you said of the, of attaching, you know, or, or, get, or helping someone attach guardrails to whatever they come up with too. So it doesn't put them into like a really bad territory, no matter which way they choose. Right. Um, and, uh, and I, so I just, I just get it. I understand. I, I do understand it. Um, and I, I kind of, I probably on the team of, you know, wanting to continually uh, nudge people um, around continuing to ask that question, you know, uh, regardless of what they think they've come up with as the reason for the meaning of life in one of these two areas, you know, just to keep, just keep going on with that, you know, um, and to bring it right down to day and time and who I am and what I do. That's really important in fitness coaching. It's really, it's really important to have that conversation now, you know, to lead into fitness, how, how important is that? So let's call it, how important is it? Maybe it's a question to you, your thoughts on that or opinion. How important is it that people even have a comprehension of what they believe their meaning of life is to then get into how that may be coordinated with or attached to what's going to lead into how meaning fits in for them for fitness? Because um, I could be wrong, but I think if people have a uh, a deeper belief towards the supernatural um, that's going to, that's going to come up with a, a method for a meaning of life. Um, then it may, it may down the road to, to bump up against nature over and over. Um, it may, it may come to some, at least some good questioning on, on the meaning inside of fitness over time. I could be wrong on that, but I'm just maybe, so there's two questions really inside of there, an opinion on, you know, the meaning of life down, going down to the meaning of fitness. And then secondly, thoughts on if you do take one angle over the other, is that going to lead to just some, some, some issues? Um, Cause I very well could, I uh, sort of keep going. I very well could see it the other way. So it's uh, I forget what the other term terminology you called it. If it's not, uh, if it's not uh, a form of supernatural, it's natural. If you go that route, then you're going to have to contend with, you know, what I I'm getting into in resisting entropy and understanding, you know, well, what happens when uh, there's constraints now, you know, there's constraints for me over time in my physical expression, let's call it in the natural element. And so where am I going to find meaning in continuing to, I'm saying in lamest terms, continuing to work out for the next 30 years of my life. You know what I'm saying? And, but, but I know how to talk about that, but I can also see how the opposite way could lead you into some problems too. That was a lot, but. Yeah. yeah I, I think going to the, uh, the first couple of questions that you mentioned, one would be, and you know, we're going to, we're going to get to this is this question of, you know, what relation your belief is with regard to the meaning of life and then how that impacts fitness. I think it makes a huge difference, right? Because mm -hmm. that's ultimately going to, determine what role fitness plays, if any, in that. And the second one with relation to the supernatural and the natural, well, I think we've seen, I'm not saying this is necessary to the view, you could have maybe a different view, but in the supernatural case, it's, it's quite easy to see how fitness is just like a flourish. It's going to a concert, it's folly, it's like, ah, okay. Or you could say something, hey, you could maybe say something like, well, God made it, we got to keep it up. But at the end of it, it's like a you know what I mean? Yeah. But, uh, but with the natural view, I think it attains a 
bit more significance. I'm not, I'm not saying it's conceptually impossible to carve out other ways in which that might go, but yeah, I don't think those two are unrelated either. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we definitely have an issue on our hands then if we're getting into that area of, uh, you know, your, your thoughts as well as mine, that the meaning of life, we got to think about uh, the current landscape of coaches and the communication practice of coaches and the systems and institutions that are not there really, in my opinion. Um, and I, I could, I could keep going on that opinion to lead to fact, <laughs> but I'll just say it's an opinion that the institutions and the mechanics are not set up for coaches to have these questions with people, even at a, a, a light level, like a, you know, you know, meaning of life 1.0 conversation. Right. And I think, I do think um, it's not, it's not the, it's, it doesn't end the game and it's, it's not a, you know, it's not a stopper. I don't know how you say it. It's not a game stopper, but it, uh, man, it comes back to the things I've discussed here before of like, you know, how can, how can you become a life coach if you haven't experienced life, you know, or how can you, how can you talk about the experiences, you know, as a coach, um, if you, if you haven't had that, um, you know, it's in the same lines, right. That if you can't just think about it this way and looking for your thoughts on that, if, you know, if, if a lot, a lot of coaches, you know, a lot of coaches um, haven't even contemplated that notion, right. Like, you know, I've never, for whatever reason, you know, either for multiple reasons, just have not contemplated that um, yet we're agreeing that it's, it's really important that because it's going to frame the whole package for, you know, what, what meaning has to do with fitness. Um, we got a problem. Yeah. And I mean, a symptom of that could be what we see today where like fitness is just this um, generator of revenue. That's not part of any broader conversation, except in certain instances of how does it relate to one's higher order function and living a good long life. And um, yeah, if it's just this cool thing that you can sell yeah. and it has no, it has no connection to those things, then yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, it's just a reminder of what we're uh, trying to do, <laughs> Yeah. you know, um, cause I'm trying to do that. You know, I'm trying to at least talk about some of those things uh, with coaches, you know, and CCP that's one of our first couple of calls is just, you know, product sponsor, OPEX CCP, www.opexfit.com. Um, you know, is, is to say, is they ask the coach the question, like, why are you here? And indirectly it's in there's like, why do you think you're here? Which is, I think at the end of the call for a lot, it's, it, it's a conundrum. It's a philosophical conundrum, right? Like, geez, I don't know. Like, should I be coaching? And what's the purpose of coaching? You know, what, <laughs> what am I getting out of this? Should I be asking that question? <laughs> what's this whole project for? Indirectly, it's all about, you know, can I wrap meaning around this whole thing, you know, for myself, not for the project of fitness or for my client, but for myself. Um, and so, uh, so we're on our way. You know, keep, uh, keep putting coaches uh, in front of me and at least we can have those conversations. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's so cliche to say, but I'm going to say it anyway, because I think it's relevant here. Like the very act of asking that question, whether there is in fact an answer or not is an important act. Like that very act of like contemplating, why am I doing this? Why am I here? If nothing else, it gets you in touch with your own values and gets you to reflect on, you know, what it is you're trying to do. 
and where you're trying to go. Yeah, yeah. I think we could be creating some uh, little language uh, to, to so people could use for the meaning and the meaning of life. Just keep asking questions. That's the meaning of it, is to keep asking the question, what is the meaning? You know, maybe, you know, the continual, yeah, continual investigation. And over time, you know, you'll find it. And then you don't need to be here talking to us about trying to find the meaning of yeah. life. You know, Nirvana, you hit it. <laughs> this this podcast is no longer relevant. <laughs> uh, so with regard to fitness and meaning, I thought there were maybe four questions that we could talk about, two with relation to the individual and two with relation to the coach. And I think probably the first one is really the biggest and in my opinion, probably the most interesting, but I, I think they're all pretty interesting. So the first one for the individual is where does fitness sit in the hierarchy of meaning of one's life? And I think even if we can't right now, again, like it's gonna be very hard to come up with a concrete answer to the meaning of life. What is in the Hitchhiker's Guide? It's like 42. So there, there it is. That's the number. Um, I, I think we can still say that there are contrast cases that most great wisdom traditions will agree on, right? So mm-hmm. higher meaning circumstances, no matter where you come from, what you're trying to do, we've got like love, family, friends, connection, people, so on and so forth. And then we have profession, passion, career. Those type things are generally regarded as higher order things Mm -hmm. contrast cases which we could also put you know other things in there that would be probably lower meaning i don't know anyone who thinks that getting your finances in order is the meaning of life Mm -hmm. it's a means to an end to enable those other things but it's really just a pure means to an end Mm -hmm. um entertainment maybe i have to splice that up and be a little bit more precise you know we could talk about you know art, music, and philosophy, you know, capital letters for all of those versus like mm. YouTube and like the next thing on Netflix, just yep. kind of like yeah. flourishes that, you know, flit about, but aren't contributing to your life. But those I think would be low meaning circumstances. And then we have to ask, where does fitness and health fit? So I think it's fairly, I think it's fair to say that most people are not going to consider it to be among the high meaning circumstances. I do think there's a tradition within philosophy that views it as similar to finances. It's like just a means to an end mm-hmm. to enable you to live long enough to uh, contemplate or to love or to you know contemplate God or something like that. Um, I'm not sure where in the middle, but I, I personally think it's it's somewhere in the middle, and I think it probably gets even closer to the higher meaning circumstances. So that's those, that's my initial thoughts on that. But I'm curious to hear yours. Yeah, no, as you were saying it, I, because I, I remember, I think I sent you a podcast on this, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was Philosophize This, and Stephen was taking into consideration a particular philosopher from the 1700s and their perspective of meaning. I don't know if you remember that. We should probably go back and look at that and link it because it does tackle this, this particular conundrum. And uh, I'm just going to back in their knowledge, you know, to, to kind of see if it, uh, if it helps anyone or it, it's not necessarily what I use as a template, but they talked about, you know, putting these into areas, which I just heard you talk about, right. If you put them into structure and areas, you know, um, that just classically can be used as a heuristic to say like where I can find meaning, uh, they, I think he called it love work and play. And, the, the love would involve all those things that you discussed of emotions and, and, you know, everything that's connected to that um, work would be, you know, vocation, the education towards that competency, things you're doing that, you know, um, 
et cetera. And then uh, the play aspect, I I just indirectly answered the question. You 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 put an asterisk to it with the entertainment thing, and I thought about current times and et cetera. But I still think the play area is where physical expression fits in for me, um, as being one of those areas of you know that that culminates in how we can how we can see where fitness plays into meaning. And I think entertainment sits right in the same book. Now, let me continue with that so we don't get weirded out on that. I, I think entertainment still could be a form, depending upon how you see it, but it has words like artistry and creativity and, and um, aesthetics and a lot, a lot of the things that are, that are beautiful, but that are designed that humans have come up with that kind of just keeps us like, wow, you know, this awe-inspiring concept. And that's where I, that's where I put your answer to entertainment. Not just in the like, oh, it's just mind-numbing shit. I'm talking about like Sopranos, <laughs> which is like, you know, it's more than just like, you know, just shit on TV. It's like really, really powerful, <laughs> you know, just of what it raises in you and the thoughts and the way that intricate, you know, and what I what I where I'm pulling from that is creativity, right? It's the it's the creative aspect that we really, you and I see, like you see, especially, I can tell in the matrix. It's not about the matrix of Keanu Reeves. It's like the creativity of the concept as to how everything is working. You know, it's like, poof, you know, so that I think may, may, uh, you know, tiptoe us into where I think, you know, fitness may fit into that is probably in that play area today specifically where, you know, I don't want to go back continuously of, of saying like where fitness may have fit into meaning years ago when there wasn't even a concept of fitness, because we know that story, right. Is that, you know, you did physical things and was it meaning? Well, it's just physical things you had to do. And then you just learned over time. Oh, wow. If we do these physical things, we can make these things better. And that was the quote unquote physical experience. And now physicality is, you know, less and less important based on these technological adaptations. So now we have this thing in front of us, which is physical expression. And to, to answer the question, even though you didn't ask it, I think there's something inside of people doing physical expression and the things they get out of that physical expression, which we'll call play that allows people to, um, to maybe grow other areas of their life. Yeah, I would agree with that. And just as you were saying that I was trying to think of like what distinguishes fitness from pure entertainment or even the high order entertainment and like, what makes me think that it's in the middle and closer to kind of the high order um, things. So I think, I think you're absolutely right that there's an element of, you know, higher order play there and, you know, um, figuring things out and learning new things. I think another aspect is, you know, we're both going to agree that fitness and health aren't as necessary to living a life as a descriptive matter of fact, as they used to be. Yeah. But far more than even art or music or literature, fitness and health are necessary for pursuing these higher order ends. Like if you want to, you know, create children, you know, having some basic biological capability and, and, and things like that, or if you want to do hikes with a loved one, or, um, you know, if you want to, uh, you know, be a high school English teacher and stand on your feet for, you know, however many hours a day. Mm -hmm. Um, I also think, you know, we, we've been talking a ton about the purpose of life, but, you know, forgetting that implicit parenthetical phrase within it, the purpose of 
a human life. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's not, I mean, maybe if we discover alien life forms, it'll be a different question, but fitness ties us to an, our intrinsic humanity and nature in a way in which fitness and health in a way in which I don't know that art and music and philosophy and literature, I mean, they, they do in, in kind of their own yeah. way, but I think there's a much greater tie there than there is in those other ones. So those are kind of the things I think of when I think of why is this worthy of more consideration and not just like finances. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. I dropped finances inside the work area because you're just going to connect that to vocation and the play area. I would agree with you that there's just so many, so many things beside that. And I'm just making some assumptions that it's by using one word. I know the, I know the challenge of using one word, but you know, it, it, it bulks out into all those things, uh, I would say. And we could, we could even ask the question, where does what you had mentioned as, as not polarities, but two differences of, you know, physicality and physical nature and expression versus music, arts, literature, you know, and not erring on the side of, you know, doing it for pleasure or just hedonistic, you know, ideas, you know, um, how do they intertwine? What's your thoughts on that for, you know, the, the truest, highest order expression over time, does it have to involve all those other things uh, together or could it be, should it be split out or does it really matter? That's a good question. I mean, my initial thought would be it could be split out, but yeah, I'm not sure. I'll have to chew on that one a bit more. What do you think? Yeah. I was thinking of uh, uh, just over time as a coach, I could be biased on that, but you know, trying to understand, trying to understand the, not because you want to get to this answer, but trying to understand how, you know, it all fits together over time has been a, has been a really interesting, you know, really interesting project, you know, uh, i.e. where does, where does, cause you know, one may say it's music, but where does rhythm fit into fitness and how important is that, you know? And so you can then see how I just use different words. Well, if we're not, you use art, well, let's call it creativity and design, you know? Right. So it's like, well, I think you got to see how all those things fit together in unison to make that physical expression, you know, much higher order. Um, I'll just stop there. That's just been my contemplation of bringing it all together underneath that as a coach's eyes, right. From a coach's lens. Um, and, time yeah. and it just came up the other day. Cause you know, the, the age old question, I, you know, I call it a lower order question because I spent lots of time mulling over, but, you know, people needing music to work out, you know, so it seems like a, seems like a simple, just, you know, one way or the other answer, but it's not, there's, there's a lot to it, you know, there's a lot to it. Um, and so that just made me immediately think about the connection between bringing it all together and what that actually is. And it's all, in my opinion, the way I'm describing it only for today in that corner of play. It's this just opportunity to, to be playful and through physical experience and physical challenges, you know, which is playful. I love, I like that word playful because, you know, I could say it another way, you know, which is folly, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, just doing things. <laughs> well, maybe this, maybe, the, maybe it's playful and now there's a different intention, right? It's an intention of knowing, Hey, full, well, this is just physical expression. And this is nature. And look, I'm able to push and pull and squat and do these things. Isn't that fantastic? You know, what am I going to get with that? Oh, that's a great question. Um, it can build, it can build uh, confidence because of all those things, right? Like 
your ability to create for yourself, your ability to do other things outside of that physical practice. Um, and there's, there is the tie-in to why uh, fitness may have significant meaning. I think it's because uh, uh, people can go through a physical experience um, and learn a whole lot about themselves through that physical expression. Yeah, absolutely. And I thought, I mean, I thought the point you were making about like, there's art, music, literature, and philosophy that we can talk about in terms of like what comes after civilization, but then there are the proto versions of that, you know, rhythm, creativity, things like that, that have been with us for um, a very long time. And how, how, how necessary are those to a good and human, you know, flourishing and meaningful mm. human life. So yeah, I think that's mm. a good point. Yeah. Um, I mean, another way to think about it is in terms of, you know, what things have been relevant for humans throughout time. Like there were most of human history, there was no money. There were no finances, you know, there wasn't even like trade and bartering and yet people existed and things like that, but there were still yeah. fitness and health. And maybe there wasn't philosophy, but contemplation, maybe there wasn't art, but creativity and, you know, those are yeah. the proto yeah. things. Yeah, that's all. That's another great uh, question, you know, of, of the timelines, right? Did, did they all like, were they connected? Because we know today, like we mentioned earlier, that uh, economy is largely mixed with the perceptions of fitness today, you know? Um, and so if you keep backing up, maybe the words, uh, you know, uh, money and currency and fitness just didn't exist at one time. And then when things did start to exist, did we then start to play with this whole new language of what that was? You know, did it go from like in my language, you know, this unconscious, um, this unconscious competence really of, of fitness to this like conscious incompetence of <laughs> fitness. And now we've, we've kept that going, right. We're aware of just what we're not doing in the physical nature. Um, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So another question you could ask here is, um, I think with relation to the, to the coach, you know, since that's kind of an area that we discuss and talk about and are meshed in, um, you know, what does the vocation of being a coach have to do with one's own life's purpose? It's obviously a very new profession and yet mm. it's very old at the same, I mean, it's just being a teacher it's i mean it's applied to a different thing but it's 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 yeah. being an educator but um i don't know any any thoughts there on how that does or does not relate to meaning and purpose i guess with relation to the work or the profession yeah no for sure that's where i was going to go i uh i um i talk a lot about it you know that's my my life you know so i, I can easily just pull it out so I'll, I'll just be careful of my um my biases in that language but um if you don't know, and if others don't know, it's it. I, I say it away. I say it again in different language. But um, my clients and my interactions with clients, um, and the conversations I've had, and the thousands of thousands of conversations I've had with new people, as well as ongoing experimentation of this whole project, it has actually helped me define for myself uh, a better meaning of this whole project. So, you know. <laughs> So you meet, you meet in me, you know, with you asking that question indirectly, is there, could you get, you know, meaning to life out of the vocation of being a fitness coach? I think it's, you know, I'm definitely biased. And I think we're one of the, the people, one of the, you know, folks in the front line uh, in the community who have unbelievable opportunity 
to figure out meaning for themselves through this vocation. Unbelievable opportunity. And I can go on and on, which I don't even need to pick on of like the, the benefits of what you do collectively by what you're sharing with other people, you know, like, I mean, you know, take like you would know, you know, making someone recognize that they can be out of pain by their choices of food or how they live their life. That's pretty important. You know, <laughs> that's pretty important. Um, you know, removing pain it sounds so simple, right? How about removing addictive practices? You know, like extremely important. Um, you know, how about, how about no one has ever given someone an opportunity um, to like uh, trip up and be accepted for tripping up and then realizing, oh, wow, you know, I can come back and try again and do this physical challenge. And there you go. Now it snowballs into this confidence of like, oh, I can try, but I'm now in an area where I could try and I didn't get laughed at. And that's really not a reflection of what I've seen, you know, coming into this. So I think there's, and I didn't even mention those, but there's tremendous opportunity to answer the question on finding meaning within the fitness coaching, um, the fitness coaching uh, uh, profession. Um, and I'll just stop there because I generally finish that up with another two hours of all the uh, resistance that's out there against that for coaches not having institutions and and cultural thoughts and society, you know, and like I say, you know, fitness coaching is downstream from, from culture and downstream from a bunch of other things. And you got to kind of figure out, you know, how to, how to meander things and educate and create knowledge in people and to get to that big beacon of uh, autonomy and, uh, and knowledge around physical expression. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think, yeah, there are a number of good points there. So one uh, that I was thinking of, well, a couple that I was thinking of, one is, you know, talking descriptive versus normative, maybe what descriptively is typically a fitness coach today doesn't maybe have so much meaning associated with it or the opportunity for meeting, but normatively there's this tremendous opportunity to it where yeah. as like, you know, again, not, not to, you know, not to put anyone down or berate any other professions, but maybe, you know, there's, there's the potential for meaning in this profession, the way there maybe isn't in being a stockbroker or being yes. a, you know, yeah. a door-to-door -door makeup person. Like that's a means to an end to then do what you want, but mm -hmm. it's not, it's, mm -hmm. it's not like, you know, we, we, we can't quite say all things are equal in that, in that regard yeah. in terms of creating, creating sure. in one's life. So um, yeah, those were kind yeah, of all about, it's all about who the definer is, right. Who's the, who's yeah. the judger of that in based upon, and who decides upon what the project is, <laughs> you know, like that's uh, those are the, those are the conundrums. Um, and by from the past two years and just how everyone has dealt with the past two years, it's your point is even more obvious, you know, and I love your, the way you, you correct me on the language of the normative uh, concept of it versus the descriptive is yeah, by all means, like if, you know, if you just take a, you take a broader, bigger picture look and say, you know, what was, you know, you know, what was important, uh, in, in, or sorry, who, who are the people, uh, over the past couple of years that had like some really good information to share, um, on, you know, strengthening immune systems and, and, uh, staying healthy and, and, uh, you know, setting up most of the population. So when things like this in health do happen, you know, what are all the things that we did as checks and balances to prepare for that? And who are these people, right? And who are the people? <laughs> it's you and I, right? So you want to you come down to some real, you know, challenges is that, 
you know, that's, uh, that's only, only, only you and I think that and a few others, you know, or we know that yet how it's perceived in society of, you know, uh, the things that we have as knowledge and the things that we could share with people, you know, um, that's extremely meaningful. You know, it's extremely meaningful of sharing that knowledge and, and helping people out. And all I'm saying is that over the past couple of years, that's been a huge, you know, mountain of reflection based upon um, just, you know, where fitness coach and meaning fits into the, to the big picture. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and something I was thinking of just as you were saying that with relation to, you know, health and society, I think one profession that's very often looked to as like um, very meaningful and worthwhile and contributes to one's life is being a doctor. So, yeah. um, you know, and nothing, you know, I mean, you and I could go on for a long time about the profession and what it does. And, you know, my brother's in med school and I don't mean to disparage doctors. There's, there's a lot of tremendous uh, good that comes in certain ways from that, but some higher order things that perhaps come from the fitness coaching perspective that aren't possible when you, you know, have a thousand person GP practice where you, you know, see them for 15 minutes once every six months when they've got heartburn, um, relationships. Oh, 11 minutes. Oh, excuse me. My, my apologies. Um, so, you know, relationships, like when you see someone for 20, 22 total minutes in a year, uh, that's a bit different than, you know, doing their weekly programming, maybe sending them a loom, having, you know, in-person conversations, seeing them on the gym floor. Um, and then just by the very nature of it, you know, drugs and surgery and autonomy, potentially, potentially not, yeah. not in every, you know, descriptive versus normative, but what are we trying to lead them towards? That's yeah. right. And I think a great final question is we want to lead them towards, I think just education on the conversation, right? I think that's, that's what we could do, right? We're not, we can't, we can't look to answer those questions or answer where, you know, how everything fits together. I think for current times, 2022 and going forward, we're just going to have to continue to have the conversations on it. Um, and that may, it'll, it'll answer a lot of those questions, right? You, you want that client coming back um, after numerous years, you know, saying, you know, I got to this point and, you know, and I, and I, I, actually relinquished uh, this control over going the medical route, you know, and that was my, you know, and I thought to myself, you know, I'm, I'm in charge of this. I can determine this pathway. I'm going to choose not to do these things. And this, you know, I just want to let you know that, you know, if you never brought up that conversation with me 10 years ago, I would have quickly just fallen to that route because it's there. It, like you said, it's there for the taking. And that's just like, you know, it's right there. So um yeah, don't, don't, uh, there's hope in that. There's hope in just having the conversation on that for people and, and over time, it'll be helpful. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So yeah, I guess like you were saying time-wise, I think that was a good, good conversation there. So in terms of stuff we talked about, uh, we talked about the definition of meaning. We talked about meaning in its relation to philosophy and how this is kind of one of the paradigmatic philosophical questions we talked about what sorts of things could bring significance to life and what could either detract from significance or go against significance. Uh, we talked about possible candidates for meaning with regard to supernatural answers and natural answers. And then we talked about in what way fitness and health can contribute to higher order purposes in one's life. And then lastly, had a bit of a discussion around um, fitness coaching and how 
far from being just a profession that can have a meaning, perhaps a, a profession that can have a lot of meaning and maybe a lot more than people think even in relation to some of the usually considered higher meaning jobs. So, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I love that. And, uh, thank you for, um, you know, I, I've just taken a note, took a note there that, uh, I'm going to definitely going to spend more time, you know, rummaging over that significance and significant options area for my own, for my own. So I appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, um, not that it needs to be, maybe this can be, you know, coined together with uh, a, a second, a second promotion of, uh, or a second, um, sponsor of knowledge, uh, saying that, you know, with what you and I are trying to do and what OPEX is trying to do, um, we're going to continue to push that area of the value of the coach, you know, collectively, um, so that it comes down to systems. So eventually it will make it easier for you if you're a coach listening in so that, uh, when this conversation comes up between clients over time, um, they know that you're willing to handle and go back and forth on that. Um, because, uh, because we're discussing it. So we're going to continue to fight that fight for, for, uh, making fitness coaches significant and making fitness coaches realize that they can have tremendous meaning in what they do. Um, and it can be, um, at the end of your days, be seen as a very meaningful part of your life. And, um, I hope others get to experience that. Um, but in there, you didn't hear it as the sponsor of knowledge. Don't forget to share this idea and conversation with other people. And uh, let's get people talking about not only this topic, but others for fitness and philosophy. Absolutely. Let's uh, free some minds. Thanks, Robbie. All right. Thanks so much, James.